and GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hello. And this is the Golden Ratio Podcast. Yep. This week, we're doing questions from all of you that you have submitted to us through Twitter. And I'm going to do answers. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's helpful. Uh, cocktail of the week, we're having mint juleps. A lot of mint cocktails because we have mint that I planted in the yard that has taken over like a whole chunk of the yard. And so it's good to use it. And so uh, mint julep is just mint and sugar and bourbon. You can drink a ton of them because they're super sweet. They're delicious. So we're having mint juleps. Yep. Little Kentucky Derby here in the household tonight. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to read questions from Twitter and then we're going to answer them. Okay. Easy question first. Why did we get all girls? Totally an accident. Yeah, you've had girl dogs the whole time. I guess the ones that I've picked, I've picked girl dogs. No. The previous two were girls. Hops and Vink were girls. And I think it's because, like, my very first dog, like, when I was born, we had a Golden who was a year older than me, Goldie. She was a girl. And then I think my dad basically insisted that we will have all boy dogs from now on. And so I think I was like, but the girl dogs are actually nice. Um, but Queso and Maggie and Jasmine... Like, they're just failed fosters. That was not on purpose. We had lots of boy fosters, too. Um, though I always liked the girls better. There is, like, a temperament difference, but uh, it wasn't, like, intentional. Like, we will only have girls. True. We just looked... like these dogs. Yeah. We've looked at some boys. What's your favorite thing and your least favorite thing about each dog? So we have ten questions to answer Whoa. here. Let's start with Vink. Favorite thing? Just a little derpiness and how... She loves everything. She's Joyful. got the best attitude. She does. Uh, worst thing? Yeah. She f- needs to get up at 3 o'clock every morning, pretty much without fail, and pretty much exactly at 3 a.m. She wakes up. She comes on over, usually to my side, though sometimes to yours, and starts making her little sounds. And if she comes to your side, I, I tend to take 3 a.m. vink duty. We yep. definitely rotate duties I'm taking them out in the middle of the night, but you have to get up earlier than me. So I usually do 3 a.m. Vink duty, and it's it's six out of seven nights a week. 3 a.m., she needs to go out. She's got a lot of annoying little traits. <laughs> she also, when everyone else goes outside, she's on her bed just looking at everyone, and then about five minutes later, when everyone's back inside, she goes, huh, I should go outside. <laughs> but this is actually only for you. Because when I take her out, she immediately does her business. You let her out, and she'll, like, stand on the step, look around, come right back inside. Yes. Yeah. But uh, then five minutes later, yeah, hey, wait a minute. So if you take her out sometimes, the five minutes later, she's like, I really need to go outside. And then she'll be like, interesting out here. I'm coming back in. And then I'm like, I will take her. And then she does her business right away. I don't know what it is. Favorite and least favorite thing about Hops. Hops is lovey and can be enthusiastic, and she's a good running pal. Yeah, I, I like Hops. She's sweet. She's a sweetheart. She's very nice. She loves people. She loves you. Well, yeah, me. People. Yeah, my least favorite thing about Hops is I come home and Hops ignores me and stands at the door and looks to see if GR Dad's coming home because That's she likes favorite. She likes him so much better than me. Yeah. Uh, Queso. Did fa- we say least favorite, favorite? That was my least favorite. Do you oh. have a least favorite about Hops? When she gets all needy and wants to tug all the time. Oh, Tug it. Such an obsessive tugger. She brings her thing over. Tug it. Tug it. Please tug it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's annoying. Like, it's cute. 
for a little while. Unless you're trying to do something. Yeah. She really, and she'll smoosh it on you. She'll take her toy and she'll come over and then she will push it against you to make you tug it. Okay, queso. Favorite thing. Her face-o. <laughs> Done. Least favorite thing. She's still a little tentative, which is not really a least favorite thing about her, but uh, she's still emerging out of her bad past. And I wish that she were just totally carefree. You wish for face licks. I really want her to give me a face lick. <laughs> we have yet to get a face lick out of Queso. She's afraid of our faces. And so I am training her by putting a snack in my mouth and making her take the snack out of my mouth <laughs> uh, to make her learn that faces are not scary. And the first couple times, she would like, she'd see the snack and then she'd look away. And then she'd come back and look at the snack and she'd look away. And then eventually she took it. And now she'll take the snacks pretty regularly. So I'm hoping this will convince her that like maybe maybe a face licks next. One woman's training is another man's bribery. Whatever. I'm not going to count it as a face lick if I get like a coincidental lick during a, fa a snack transfer. But I want her to learn that faces are not scary. Fair enough. Uh, Jasmine, favorite and least favorite. My favorite thing about Jasmine is that I am her favorite, I think. I mean, she likes us about the same, but she's the only dog who likes me as much as she likes you. Yeah, she's great. I like everything about her. The way you can fling things, and she, she does such fling. joyful catching in the mouth and yeah. chewing. Any she's least great. favorite things? I don't know. She's licking her front paws right now, so when she obsessively licks her front sort of wrists... Yeah, she licks them and she kind of loses some fur up there, but we can't make her stop. There's not much. Okay, Schmeeg, favorite and least favorite. Uh, Schmeeg, I love Schmeeg so much. Like <laughs> Schmeeg sounds. Schmeeg sounds like she's got the anxiety issues, which I empathize with. Her little white face. She's such a good dog. Yeah. Um, but she, I don't know that it's fair to say it's the least favorite thing, but I feel really bad that she's so anxious and she'll get super freaked out. Um, and she's better than she was. Like, sirens used to really freak her out, and now she's fine with them. She but... gets in the way a lot. There's some oh, tripping yeah. sometimes. Oh, my God. Like, she always needs to be in front of me, like, when I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> so she'll walk backwards. Uh, I've definitely tripped over her a bunch of times. And everyone's seen the snaps where you're just sort of petting someone off to the side, and you turn around, and there she is. Yeah, <laughs> zoop, sticks her face right in there. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's not bad. She's great. Do we have any other pets? Not really. We got the bees. Half-sister buttercup. which Plants. Is... <laughs> so we got a lot of plants. Uh, you have a dog from your marriage. Yep. Dog from a previous relationship. Um, she doesn't really come here that often. Right. But you get to see her a little bit more. What is GR Mom's and GR Dad's favorite musician slash band? Ooh. I don't know what your favorite musician or band is. I don't know what my favorite musician or band is. Probably Bruce Springsteen, but that's sort of very historical. Oh, you're stuck old in school. Stuck in my teenager phase. <laughs> Still good, though. Yeah. I got to say, like, I don't listen to a ton of music. And when I do, like, it's really quirky, random stuff. I don't have a consistent taste. But I think I probably have the most cake. Cake is the band I probably have the most of. Yeah, Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Murphys Random. always makes me really happy. And yeah. They Might Be Giants, I was a big fan of. Yeah. I mean, I like their stuff, but not really their kids' music. 
Um, just because I'm not a kid, I don't think it's bad. So I guess if I had to pick, it would be in there. Yeah, Dropkick Murphys makes me really happy. No, screaming. Uh, I had a long punk part of my life, <laughs> <laughs> which maybe isn't over. I just can't express it as much as a <laughs> professor. Oh, this one we got a bunch. Do the girls have different relationships with each other? Like, which of them likes each other most? Do they all really get along? They totally do really all get along. No one has ever had a fight. None of them dislike each other. They all totally love each other, lay on top of each other, play with each other. They all get along 100%. We wouldn't have kept them if they didn't get along perfectly. Yeah, and I don't know if they have different relationships with each other. They just all have different personalities, right? So that so, Vink and Hops are the most playful. So they'll have they'll be the center of any game and chomping, and others will kind of come in and out. Yeah, Vink tends to start that, but Queso's coming in on those games now too. Yeah, Queso's playing almost as much as Hops and Vink. She gets right in there. Yep. Like Jasmine likes to rest her head on other dogs, <laughs> which I think she yeah. does with whichever dog is close. She'll put her head down on them. Um, and she and Maggie obviously have a good relationship, but it's not like you see them pair off. Maggie will jump in on all the stuff. So, yeah, they all just have their own personalities. Yeah, had, what, Vink and Schmieg have shared a bed? I mean, it's oh, not, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they all pair up sometimes or do their own thing. It's a pretty kind of equal pack. Mm-hmm. And Queso is, is not as close to everyone as they are to each other. But she's getting there. And and they're very accepting of her. Jasmine will lay with her. Last night, Schmieg was sleeping downstairs with Queso for a while. Yeah. Which was pretty nice. Um, yeah, so you can tell a little bit of a hierarchy, I guess, when they eat. They're, you know, if, if Hopper's eating, no one else will bully her out of the way. Yeah. You know, if... They all kind of leave each other alone. Vink couldn't eating. get pushed out of her bowl sometimes by others. Yeah. Schmieg Maggie will stand next to another... Maggie eats... Super fast, uh, like three bites and she's done. And she'll sometimes like stand next to one of the other dogs who's eating and just kind of look. A couple of people asked, "What are our favorite books?" And that's a tough question because you're basically talking to two intellectuals here. We have piles of books <laughs> everywhere in the house. There's so many books, uh, so we both read a lot. It's really hard to pick a favorite. I will say I am a big Stephen King fan. So I read all the time, but I like to read fiction for story. So Stephen King books, I like a lot. Yeah, I like um, documentaries. Yeah, you're more of a nonfiction reader than me. So for a while, I got into John Krakauer, Into Thin Air, about an Everest expedition. That was good. Um, Stephen Junger, the guy who wrote The Perfect Storm. Uh, also has a book about Afghanistan. I think it's called War. So I get into yeah. those documentaries. Oh, you know, I do know what my favorite book is. House of Leaves is my favorite book, mm. which is a super weird book. Um, it's about a guy who finds the discarded papers of a dead guy, and the discarded papers are about... A documentary which never existed even in the universe of the book which is about a house that has mysterious passages that appear and disappear and change um, and there's like three stories in there it's very kind of like nine late 90s turn of the millennium 
pre-popular web punk crazy book and I love it. I'm actually rereading it right now. Uh, yeah, I think it's brilliant. I don't really like the guy's other books that much, but House of Leaves does a lot for me, so that's way up there. Yeah, so that's some favorite books. Yeah, and I have a bunch of unread books that may become my favorite. Don't we know. have so many, so many unread books in the house, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. <laughs> All right, we'll go back to dogs, but I like this question. One person said, since you live in D.C., how do the girls feel about taxation without representation? Uh, I'm firmly in support of D.C. statehood. For those of you who don't know, Washington, D.C. does not have a representative in Congress, so even though half a million people live there, they don't get to vote on anything in Congress. It's ridiculous. It's bigger than a lot of states, than a lot of, like, big land area states. So, uh, D.C. statehood. I'm in favor. All right. But the girls are kind of indifferent. Yeah, they don't really care. Not politically active. They don't pay taxes. Nope. We don't mind paying taxes, but... Yep. Rep- representation for the taxes. Why is Jasmine behind the baby gate sometimes? Because, let's talk about mealtime. Jasmine sucks at eating meals. <laughs> she, like, looks at it, she maybe has a bite, and then she decides she'd rather do something else. That's why she's the skinniest. She's the only skinny one. Because she's not really all that interested in eating. So if you don't put her behind the gate, she wanders away after two bites and doesn't finish. I've discovered that if I hold the bowl for her at an angle so it's easier for her to shovel her into her mouth and pet her head, she eats more. Yeah. (laughs) So she's a little bit of a diva when it comes to mealtime. Whereas Maggie, like I said, three bites done. Like she sees the bowl and she's like, hop, 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 finished. Uh, is a very enthusiastic eater, which is great. Like she would, she would eat even when we first got her, but now she gets super excited when it's meal time and she walks over and perks her big giant ears up. Uh, and but then, the, but the baby gate's really for Jasmine's protection because otherwise Maggie would come in and just eat all of Jasmine's food. Yeah. She never really finishes all the food I give her. And Maggie sometimes is like, Ooh, Jasmine's done. I'm going to go in and eat it. But I'm pretty good about picking up the bowl with the leftover food before that. Um, but yeah, that's why she's only behind there at mealtime. So she doesn't wander away from her food. Uh, if you want to get a dog, specifically a golden retriever, what are the best places to do it? So if you want to rescue a dog, I think we talked about this in the rescue episode. There are golden retriever breed specific rescue groups everywhere. Every state has one. Every metropolitan area has one. Um, so you can just Google that and find one. If you want a puppy, um, it's important to find a reputable breeder if you're going to get one as a puppy. Do check rescue groups because they sometimes get puppies. But if you want to buy one from a breeder, I would say look at the AKC or the Golden Retriever Club of America. um, And they will help you find someone who's sort of reputable. But it's really hard to tell. Yeah. And just my plug, I know you did a whole episode on adoption, but... Um, or yeah, adoption, but th- they'll do a home visit and they'll, you know, they just want to make sure you're not selling them for research or, or crazy or have a house full of pumas or something that, <laughs> that would be bad for the dogs. They're, it feels a little intrusive and judgy, but they're really just thinking of the best thing for the dogs. Definitely. Does Schmieg 
have any specific musical influences since she has dropped her own single, Schmeek Sounds. I think 80s hip-hop. Yeah. She's a big fan of... uh <laughs> just how much I know about it. <laughs> uh, House of Pain. House of Pain is. Do you count them as hip hop? No, but that's a Vink song. Jump around. Jump around is a Vink song. I don't know. I Run DMC. Run DMC. Yeah, that's what I was that's looking who for. There you go. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Me. Run DMC. <laughs> All right, we got a bunch of questions about how do we deal with our insane schedules, travel, work. Social media, taking care of the dogs. Do we have quality time? This this person says, do you have quality time with GR Dad? Eight hours of sleep and good mental health. I do not know if either of us have good mental health. Um, <laughs> and I don't get eight hours of sleep either. I do pretty much, or, you know, seven. I uh, This is a great benefit of my life is that the culture of my uh, department at the university is one that goes late because we teach a lot of evening classes, and so there's nothing almost ever that starts early. So I never need to set an alarm, pretty much. It's really rare. A couple times a month I need to set an alarm. Um, so even though I'm a night owl, I sleep until I naturally wake up, so I get as much sleep as my body says I need, which is really nice. Uh, we do have quality time, so we hang out together with the dogs every night. We have yeah, date night. The trips are you and me a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, we... You guys kind of notice from the snaps, we travel, I mean, sometimes we travel two weekends out of the month, we'll take trips. This month we're doing that. Because yep. we're in San Diego last week, we're going to Las Vegas in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, that's good quality time. I like sitting on the couch, watching TV, that's quality time with five dogs, it's awesome. Yeah, we do that pretty much every night. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, I think at some point... I don't know, this is probably true for all professions, but certainly among professors, there's a culture of complaining about how busy we are. And, you know, I think a lot of jobs are like that. And on one hand, we are super busy. Like, there's, if you want to be successful as a professor, especially doing research, you're, you're not working a 40-hour week, you're working a 60-hour week. And I kind of do work all the time. Like, I'm doing some work even when we're sitting on the couch watching TV. But at some point, I kind of made this decision, like, I don't want to be that person who's bitching about being busy all the time and how overwhelmed I am. And so I started saying no to the stuff that I really don't like. And the rest of it I kind of accepted as like, this is stuff I've chosen to do. And so it makes me stay kind of balanced. Yeah, it's a hard thing to learn that you should say no more. Yeah. You won't get in trouble. No one will ever remember if you say no to something. But they'll kind of remember if you say yes and then screw it up because you've got too many things going on. This is such a good lesson. Like, people don't remember that you say no unless it's, like, some super important thing because they hear no all the time and people tell them no for all kinds of reasons. So they don't remember that. They only remember if you say yes. And so you should say yes to the important stuff and to the people that you want to impress. And if you do say yes, don't screw it up because yeah. they'll remember that way more than if you say no. The things that I still regret are things that I said I would do and then did a bad job with. I don't really remember things I said no to. Yep. Uh, how did we get into running? I don't actually know how you got into running. I don't know. How does one run? I mean, it's fun, and there's it in, we live in D.C., and so there's the Marine Corps Marathon every year, and so I, at, one point, at some point I just thought, well, I could should do that before I 
turn too old. <laughs> so you just, it's the local race. Yeah. Uh, someone, I'm looking, a question literally just came in about running. It said, can you talk about how to make it less tedious? So I think one thing, like if you find yourself getting bored on runs, is to think about what's going to engage you. So it's like some people are totally music listeners. I cannot listen to music when I run. I mean, really on occasion I'll play a song. Um, a lot of time, in fact, up until I started doing ultras, I never listened to anything. I never brought a phone or an iPod. Um, it was a great time for me to just kind of put my brain in neutral, or sometimes I would kind of brainstorm projects and stuff I wanted to work on. Uh, now, especially like when I'm doing the ultras, right? So these 50 mile races are, they take me well over 12 hours, uh, or even the 50 Ks, which take more like seven or eight. I'll listen to podcasts, like some really engaging ones or audiobooks. When I did the 50 miler in November, I got the latest Michael Connelly novel. I downloaded it at the beginning of the race and I listened to the entire novel and was not done with the race by the time the novel was done. Um, so I think try stuff out. Like if you can't run without distraction, like if you get bored and just find yourself like waiting for it to be done, uh, try different stuff to see. Yeah, I would say music is a easy one, although I don't really do it because I don't yeah. like the earphones as much. Um, but vary your route. You know, if you're on a treadmill, watch TV. What the heck? Yeah. One thing I read when I was doing my first marathon is that uh, an episode of like The Simpsons or Friends or like whatever your super formulaic favorite sitcom is, is basically 20 minutes, which is like two miles. Hmm. And so in your head for two miles, construct yourself an episode like make one up in your head of whatever your favorite thing is because it's super formulaic. And so you can just kind of be like, oh, this is the part where the characters would be doing this thing and fill it in. Huh. Uh, which I don't know, it worked for me. Like it'll work for me once. Uh, but that's something to try. Yeah, and I think everyone's different. I, I kind of run and I don't think I would be able to concentrate on anything. I mean, I'm, I, I kind yeah. of enjoy just having my brain in neutral and, you know, looking at a leaf or looking at a rock and totally. thinking about the next step and not following through on thoughts. So, you know, that might work for some people. Yeah. What's it like coming home and being greeted by the girls? It's very nice. It's like the best. It's really good. It's so good. Even yeah. if you've had like the crappiest day, there's just like an overwhelming flood of joy. Yeah, at worst, it completely takes you out of whatever's in your head because you're getting just pounded by dogs. <laughs> Uh, this person wants to know, for me specifically, talk about my work as a professor and how I got into it. Uh, that itself is a very long story, which I will not put on the podcast, but I will say that uh, I wrote my first computer program when I was six years old, so it was inevitable that I was going to end up here, but it took me until my fourth year of college to realize that I should be a computer science major, and, uh, but I always kind of knew I wanted to be a scientist and a professor, and, uh... I was interested in kind of networks and emergent behavior. This is actually how I got interested in bees. And when I started my PhD program in 2001, I was like, what do you think, advisor, about something like social networks and maybe we put them on the web? And he's like, that's an interesting idea. I wonder if that could work. And so that's what I started doing, like literally before there was any social media or online social networks. And so my interests kind of aligned with the world changing yeah, I can't even remember what you wrote your PhD thesis on. It was like 
Computing mm. and applying trust in web-based social networks. But they didn't have Netflix, and they didn't have Facebook, and they didn't, you were doing yeah. maybe MySpace, but not even I that. made my own, I built my own social network. Yeah. It was like, it had 1,500 people and was one of like the top 20 most popular social networks on the web in 2003. Um, the world was a different place then. And, uh, but yeah, I basically do artificial intelligence with social media data and uh, I talk a lot about privacy and how you can protect yourself and also how AI can mess that up. So, yeah, I did a TED Talk, so you can Google me and TED. And even though it's four years old, it's still totally relevant. It's very good. What was your worst day with the girls and what was your best day? I don't think we've had a worse day yet with them. They're all doing fine. I mean, we've had brief, whenever you have to put a dog to sleep is the worst day of anyone's life. That's the worst day. That's always the worst day. And these guys are doing great. Yeah. I think we haven't had any, like, bad days with the squad. Right. We've had, like, Vink. This was, I think, before we got Maggie and Jasmine Vink got super sick. Like, it was the night before I was going to drive to Chicago. We had a foster dog who was crazy, Hops and Vink, and Vink had, like, I took her out at, like, 2 in the morning and, like, bloody diarrhea, like, liquid bloody diarrhea. There was blood everywhere. And, obviously, I took her to the emergency vet. We were at the emergency vet until, like, 5 a.m., and then brought her home, and then we had to drive 12 hours to Chicago. So I've got the sick dog in the car. Uh, you know, she was on medicine at that point, but who knows what the hell is going to happen in the car. Dog's freaking out. Uh, that was a really bad day. I felt really bad for her. Yeah, and, and when there's a thunderstorm, Schmeagle doesn't like it, and we feel bad for her. And... Oh, yeah, worst day with Schmeagle was like a month ago yeah. when there were thunderstorms all night. I didn't sleep at all that night. That was the worst Schmeagle day. But it's so mild. Your yeah. your K was blind at the end. Couldn't go up and down stairs. Could hardly walk. She'd run was, into stuff all the time. Yeah, she was pretty unaffected, but it was just that was that was rough. Yeah, but yeah, putting him down is the worst day. So we haven't had any of those. No, and best days. I mean, we've had some good days in the Keys with when Queso was coming into her own. When she started like rolling on her back, uh, flipped yeah. over there, and <laughs> yes. then just like stuck there. Yeah, on that her was back. great. Yeah. That was a good day. And now she's woofing. That's pretty good. Yeah. They're all pretty good. Yeah. Like, they're all kind of, in one sense, undifferentiated, but then progressively getting better. Have the girls gone on any other trips with you other than to the Keys? If so, which states have they visited? So, Vink and Hobbs have been all over the place. We've definitely taken them. We took them to Philly for when we ran the half marathon up there. Right. I think we took them to New York City once. We definitely did. Remember the pigeons at the... Uh, at library. the library. Yes. <laughs> Vink yes. was chasing the pigeons at the library. Um, so they've been kind of up and down the East Coast. They've been to Chicago a bunch of times, and we always drive. So Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois. Yeah. Driving back and forth. Um, and then I took Hops and Vink to, me, uh, to Florida with me when I was in Miami for my sabbatical. That's when Vink gained all that weight. Yep, when Vink got fat. Um, so we've been from D.C. all the way south, uh, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. And when we got, the first weekend we got Maggie and Jasmine, we went to Dewey Beach in Delaware. because so We had them for like 12 hours, loaded them up in the car, took them out there, and they, they loved that. So uh, 
Yeah. You kind of take them around. Yeah, but no flying, all in the cars. Yeah, I would never fly with a dog. Uh, so yeah, they've, they're they pretty well-traveled, but it's so difficult now to travel with so many. Who gets sick the easiest? Definitely Hops. Yep, she's very sensitive. Hops had diarrhea for like the whole first year of her life. <laughs> and if she eats any weird kind of proteins, any certain kind i mean she can only eat like five different kinds of snacks if you give her anything else she has diarrhea rawhide is a big no-no you know rides we used to give her bully sticks all the time and those were making her sick none of that uh but yeah i mean even it'll be like random treats she gets one bite of a random treat that's got something in it and it sets her off so she's absolutely the most sensitive yeah, I think she's got sensitive skin, too. She gets bumps sometimes. She does, little bumps, and yeah. she's had the most hot spots of anyone. She's very sensitive. <laughs> and we get a few questions about grooming, but by the time you hear this podcast, last week's podcast is all about grooming, so uh, we're not going to repeat any of that. Oh, so this person says, you say the queso is the biggest. What are they in, like, size order? So queso is, like, not just the biggest. She's, like... 100% the biggest. She weighs like 95 pounds. Uh, the next biggest dog, I guess, is Hops, who weighs about 82. On and a bad day. She's been in the day. 70s. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, she should probably be about 70, 72. Uh, maybe 75. She's not super chubby, but yeah, she could be a little lighter. So Queso's way bigger. She's taller than everybody, and she's just more massive. And she looks kind of chubby in a lot of the pictures but she's not really that chubby she's just got some arthritis and she's very big but like you can feel her ribs she's like an imperial walker <laughs> she totally is uh so she's giant and then hops is a, a little bit she's big compared to the rest of the girls but i'd say she's pretty typical for a golden um maggie and jasmine are basically the same size and they used to weigh they used to both weigh 68 Maggie has gained some weight, though she's getting down there. I think she was 73 when I weighed her. She looks so much fatter than Jasmine. Like, she's so weird-shaped. Uh, but when we had him in the vet last year, Maggie actually weighed a pound less than Jasmine. And every time I would mention that to, like, a random tech, I'm like, do you know that she weighs a pound less? They'd go re-weigh them because they <laughs> didn't believe me because Maggie looks so fat and Jasmine's so slim. But Maggie just has, like, a lot of floof and a weird shape. And you skipped Fink, because for a while she was heavier than Maggie and Jasmine. Yeah, she's just barely heavier than Jasmine now. And she's almost the same as Maggie. Uh, but she should be way... I mean, she's structurally way smaller. She's just fat. Poor Fink. She's, she's like a giant corgi. <laughs> she is. But she's lost nine pounds. Good job, Fink. So far. Uh, next week, I think we're going to break into the 60s. She weighs 70 pounds. She's going to be 69 next week, I think. And that will be great. Yay, so, broccoli. Yeah. Um, yeah, we cut back on the broccoli. Some, someone mentioned, like, I've noticed that Venk didn't have any broccoli for the last few days. And that's because Maggie was not feeling good. Like, she was puking for a day. And so Maggie went on a bland diet. But Maggie and Vink would sort of share a bag of broccoli. And so since Maggie wasn't eating it, Vink wasn't getting it. She's just getting a little more kibble. And so... I've been waiting to make sure Maggie's 100% better before I put the broccoli back in. So, yeah, so Vink's getting there. Uh, 12 more pounds to go. <laughs> <laughs> T 
Team Crunchy, Team Roasty, or Team Chaos? Which one are you? Oh, I'd like to say Chaos, but I'm not. I'm Crunchy. You're I'm totally like Team Crunchy. Bland and <laughs> conservative and, you know, boring. <laughs> I'm definitely Team Chaos. Yeah. 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 All right. Oh, would you ever consider a collaboration with Matt Nelson, like Golden Ratio plus Zoe? We're trying to make this happen. Uh, we're friends with Matt. We talk. We've hung out. We're trying to figure out the right way to do it. If the dogs were to become human and get jobs, what would their jobs be? Vink, I think of as like Ferris Bueller. Like what? Then Ferris Bueller, they're like, what's he gonna be? And I think Cameron says he's gonna be a fry cook on Venus, and that seems like a good answer for Vink. Whatever she wants, yeah. Can be She'll be excited she to do whatever. She could drive a bus, or she could, you know, be cleaning toilets. She'd be like She'd a be bartender. Super excited, yeah. Bartender would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Hops, maybe librarian. Oh, totally. Yeah, like a reference librarian. Yeah. Yeah. A little stern, but. Weird around people yeah. a little bit. Yeah, but smart about some things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Casey would be retired. She's, I think, 105 in people years. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what she would have been. <laughs> retired. She, she's been old the whole time we've had her. Yeah. Yeah, maybe football player. You know, something like that. <laughs> Rugby. Rugby. Yeah. Know, yeah. Maggie? Like, assistant to, assistant to the president or something. Yeah, she would have a kind of, like, really logistics-heavy admin job. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to anticipate and, and please the boss. Yeah, that would definitely be her job. And she'd be kind of freaked out about it all the time, but actually everything would go fine. She'd do a good job. Yeah. And then Jasmine? She'd be a philosopher. Like, she'd be a professor like me, but definitely, like, philosophy or, like, some dark humanities yeah the nihilism definitely would definitely yep yeah maybe when she was younger she'd be like a in a punk band <laughs> yeah totally yeah. she'd have like a a band but not like a super successful one like they'd play local clubs but like no aspirations oh, it wouldn't be commercial no no yeah not that's right not commercial no aspirations like sign with a label uh just for the expression yeah of it all right, I think that's enough. I think we've been talking for a long time. So there you go. Answers to some of your questions. Oh, what exactly makes Vink so weird? The small brain. <laughs> uh, all right, there you go. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. No, I mean, who knows, man? I am a scientist, and I don't know. No, she's half-sisters with Hobbes, but she's totally different. So that's it for this week. Um, oh, Audible is our sponsor. And a second person signed up for Audible through our link. So thank you, person number two. Eight more to go You're to Facebook awesome. Podcast. You're awesome. Thank you. Again, we don't know who you are, but we appreciate it. Uh, if you want to sign up for Audible, all of the books that we suggested you can get as audiobooks, and we'll put links to them. But you should go to audibletrial.com slash the golden ratio, and then we get money to pay for the podcast. So thank you, Audible, for sponsoring us. Thanks to any of you who sign up through our link. We need a German word of the week. How about question and answer? Fragen und Antworten? 
Ja? Ja. Fragen ist Question. Antworten. Ist End. Antworten ist Answer. Ja. So, there you go. Uh, great. Thanks for listening to the Golden Ratio Podcast. We will be back next week with interesting dog and Golden Ratio and squad facts. Thanks for all your questions. Yeah, they were great. See you soon. Bye. Bye.